relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. school we we drug it out a little, a little bit. low old school and you won that one i know this is the first the time i won yeah <laughs> you tip of the hat <laughs> what up buddy how we doing man i'm good as good as we can be not knowing what's shaking and what's not <laughs> i think it's all shaking right now we did have an earthquake i lived through an earthquake it was just that's two weeks ago did i even mention that i think you did did we i don't know I don't think I did. I don't think we talked about it on the on the podcast. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't last week. It was the week before. Yeah, there was an earthquake. It was funny because it was like later at night, and do you know how like when you're in a couple, sometimes like for whatever reason you might be like just people are in a bad mood, and my wife was just kind of being like passive aggressive the way she was getting in bed. <laughs> Because I wasn't giving her whatever I should have been, you know. And I was, I'm sure I was ignoring it on purpose. But, like, I was just trying to go to sleep. And she was, like, being very deliberate about all her movements and stuff. And I was just like, oh, a lot of sighs, a lot of a lot of exhales. But a lot of, like, movement jerks where you're like, this is keeping the bed. I know what you're doing. <laughs> but I was like, I'm just going to just, like, try to fight. Because I've got... You know, I've got siblings, so I can battle if you need you, me. You like playing the game. You, you like being in there. It's yeah, just you know, it's like flirting sometimes. Where you're just like, do I still have it? I just need to know I still have it. <laughs> the same. So I find I finally kind of fell asleep, and then it was just like this big rumble. And my I guess when my half asleep, my first thought was like, yeah, I wasn't even mad. I was just like, you've got to be shitting me. Ridiculous, and then I, my son was still up playing video games, and I just heard him go, Earthquake! <laughs> and he was under a table, he's trained so well. And I just came out, I was like, What's up? Hey, okay, What's we okay? Where's the baby? And the ba- I woke the baby up like a dickhead, I was like, Are you okay? And he was like, ah. <laughs> Dad, you're supposed to let me sleep. Yeah, I was just, well, yeah, but you're just uh, your thought is like, I'm making sure all my 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 loves are okay. <laughs> I don't care if I have to wake you up. And I was like, I did probably add more trauma to that than you would even, you wouldn't even know this. Because he did sleep through one like six months ago. So I am a dick. I mean, it has to feel exactly like being rocked to sleep when you're that young. No, it's not. It's the earth moves, man. It's not. (laughs) It's not. It's it's a very distinct feeling where you're like, what is that? Yep, everything's moving. Okay. I've only been in one in my entire life, and it was pretty small, but it was, like, up here. And, like, I yeah. just felt things. And I was like, whoa, did something just happen? Was that a thing? And then it was on the news, and I was like, oh, I guess that was an earthquake. Like, it was, like, it yeah. was subtle, but it was like, oh, okay. Like, it's funny when your brain has no context for it. It's just like, what just happened? It is that's ex- what's such a wonderful way to put it, where your brain is like, "Well, that's not the way it normally is." Um, 
Oh, everything moved. Oh, not just the... Okay. Yeah. But, like, here's the other crazy part. I've been in five or six now. Uh, your brain gets used to it. Like, it picks it up pretty quick. To be like, oh, that's what this is. Do this. I mean, my dad, when I was younger, used to tell us stories. He was in one where he actually saw the street ripple like waves <laughs> let's see that's that would have fucked me up and i'm i kind of i, I like, always I go sit under this tree i, <laughs> I always want to see that i just want to see that happen just to that point of like probably the same reason why i did hallucinogenics growing up where i'm just like i wonder what that looks like I want yeah see that. well that's different yeah but that's pretend that's making <laughs> your brain do it I mean, I that you know that old video of the bridge doing this mm -hmm. thing. That's the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, and I lived up there. And I went over it like three times. Where I was like, before I realized what it was, I was like, man, there's something oddly familiar about this bridge. <laughs> I was like, I guess maybe it's a little more famous than I thought. And then we were, I said something about it. Somebody's like, yeah, it's from the thing. It's they did the Wiggles, and I was like, oh. Did y'all fix that? And they're like, we hope. We I said it at a show. And somebody's like, we hope they did. And I was like, so every time <laughs> I go over it, I'm still like, I just hear that guy go, we hope. I'm like, Here we go. Well, that was. That was human error. Yes. It was, it was wind dynamics that they fucked up. So I just like, I love the idea that you like fuck up at work one day and an entire bridge does that. Yes. <laughs> What'd you do? You're like, oh, I didn't carry the four. <laughs> and yeah, that's why. Ah, oh. Oh, shit. That's why everyone thought they were tripping that day. <laughs> but I think about that every time I'm on a, any bridge. It was like, oh, man, dudes did this. <laughs> humans think they know it was fun I, every time i'm like oh man we did this i I'm just like, talked to a dude in honduras this weekend he's a sugarcane farmer um really cool dude he's like in his 60s but um i was just asking him about uh manganese the way manganese uptake is important in plants but this dude had insane amount of stories. He's just kind of off the ranch type of crazy dude. But mm -hmm. everything came down to like, yeah, I think that's kind of how it works. And it's like, oh, you've been doing this for 50 years? And he's like, yeah, you know, maybe that's how it works. I don't know how it works. I have 165,000 yep. acres of avocado, but maybe that's how it works. I don't know. And you... Things just happen, things work, but then when they don't work, that's when you actually know something. So that's how that happens a lot of times. Yeah. No, that's that's everything in life. It's like, well, this is working. Oh, now it's not. No. Now we gotta figure this out. Oh, oh it's because of that. Okay. No. Oh, now that's not working. Son of a bitch. <laughs> which which yeah. is you know, start knocking things off. That's the only way you figure something out. You start start being like, okay, this one didn't work. Yeah, you're checking checking off. Not knocking things off. That's such a Philly way to Philly mafia way. Knocking things. things off. You just you just murk things. You just <laughs> you're like, what's that mean? I just cross it off a list. I'm just checking. I'm just a to do list. Yeah. This 
Are you good? How's the, the fires better? Oh, yeah. Way better. I mean, so we just had smoke rolling this week. Like, so we had like three or four days of just blue skies and beautiful stuff. Um, but then, yeah, the smoke just rolled in again. It's way lighter than anything it was before, but it's all thanks to you, California humble people and the horrific fires that you're still dealing with. Um, yeah, I guess a bunch of it just blew up here. So sorry about that, but also like take care of yourselves, you guys and firefighters. It's, it's just, I mean, I was trying to tell somebody, they're like, so you guys got through it. And I was like, oh, no, 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 the fire season just, it's just now starting. Yeah. They're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, I don't know how else to say that. Is it <laughs> the, the season when the fires come just started. So there'll be more. What do you mean? Okay. Because I don't think people on the East Coast, did you understand it? No. Nowhere near until, close. Until I lived over here, until I lived on the West Coast, did I had I could. There's no way that I don't think they can understand. Well, and like the weird thing too is everything on the East Coast has so much infrastructure and is controlled so much. Like even snow, like it'll just dump so much fucking snow, and they're like, okay, we got that all cleared up. Just by having fucking union workers work triple overtime so you guys can all go back to work within a day or two. So, like, yeah. in that mindset, you're like, oh, well, there's somebody in charge of that and they can figure it out and they'll deal with it. But, like, out here, just because of the amount of land and because of how crazy the fires go, it's just like, I don't think anybody has a handle of this. I don't, like, I know there's people trying to do stuff, but... Is this is not like a light switch? It's uh, well, they don't. Unless you've been out here, you don't understand the vastness and how much land. And because, like, I'll forget, like you said, like when I go back back east and set up a tour, that I can do like city to city to city to city and be like, oh, every day's like. It, it's like two hours, three hours at the most between cities. Yeah. Where out west is like, like Seattle to Portland's three hours, and you're like, oh man, that is the easiest drive we're gonna have. <laughs> that is. Well, just driving from Eugene to Humboldt, that's a six-hour drive. Yeah. That's like driving from Boston to New York to Philadelphia down to Washington D.C. You can do that in six hours. I, I can up you that from Los Angeles to Humboldt, it's 11 hours, and it's the same state. <laughs> yeah, that blows my fucking mind all the time. Yeah. It's a, it's a dope state. So, but yeah, it, there's, there's, it's just all so grandiose, so of course the natural disasters are also going to be grandiose. I think that just goes hand in hand. So, and if you go and listen to the Patreon with the little dime bag episode that I did on the Bureau of Land Management, you can actually hear I get into about how expansive all this shit is and how fucking crazy it is on the West Coast. It is. It's wild, you guys. It's so much. Just it's just weird. 
when you really look at it because you don't think about it because it's just wilderness. But I didn't believe in Bigfoot till I moved to Washington State. Like literally driving in through the Cascades into Seattle, that's when I was like, oh, this is not the woods. This is like wilderness and for sure that dude exists out here. <laughs> well, I mean, and there's just so much space. That's why like you even talk about like Murder Mountain and like all that stuff that happened, you know, down there or potentially happens down there. Like there's so allegedly. much allegedly. 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 There's so much there's so much area for these people to hide in. There's so much area for anybody to go. Well, it is that's yeah. 100%. That's the scary part. That's why we, we go, uh, when we go to Humboldt, we go in a, in a crew of three. Yeah. With recording, with recording equipment. <laughs> recording equipment, a semi-celebrity, and a cannabis grower. <laughs> Who's the celebrity again? Slee. <laughs> okay, good. The guest that we talked to this week grew up out in this wilderness. She literally, like, God, you guys, there's just, it's the best moment in the podcast so far is in this, (laughs) is in this episode. I'm not going to say what it is, but it does have to do with what Mike is already talking about (laughs) right now. We're like, she grew up in the wilderness, you guys. She grew up in this paradise. (laughs) You guys are going to, and I... Huh. I will talk about it after in the in the we'll just outro. really rub my face in it. <laughs> it's so funny, you guys. She's okay, but we gotta because I'm making fun of Mike. I'm like, hey, she's so on her shit about everything. It was just like everything she said was like a couple of times I would try to be funny just to be and she wasn't having it. She was like, no, I need to explain what this is. And I was like, no, you're right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, well, and I mean, it was so impressive. They, and then just to see the operation in the quote unquote, what they kept calling the city. I was like, you guys, it's, it's just where buildings are. It's not a city. You guys <laughs> just have a place where a bunch of buildings are. Um, you can call it a town. But the way that operated and just how it was just i was so impressed with the whole operation and then just her vast knowledge at such i mean you hear me in the interview where i just go how fucking old are you just to (laughs) have that kind of wisdom and uh presence i think is the most impressive thing about her it's like she knows her shit and she wants to, she wants everyone to know it. I don't know. And she's our first return guest of the season. She's basically the Jim Davis of Humboldt. And I could see where you could get them confused in the lineup. <laughs> Guys, are you ready? Listen up and enjoy the second episode with the wonderful Hallie Pennington.
pictures behind your head. And I've grown the peach cobbler. I've grown the venom OG and the blueberry muffin. <laughs> yeah, those are all definitely some good ones. The blueberry muffin has made quite a name for itself. And the yeah. venom, honestly, is one of my all-time favorites as well. It's nice. just got that like amazing gassy, mm-hmm. but, you know, almost like an earthy undertone. It's a really nice smoke. That's awesome. How do you go about, like, when you're, when you're looking at different types of phenos and you're trying to decide which ones, you know, and which ones to breed across back and stuff like that. Like, do you try to keep in mind that maybe different people like different terpene profiles type of thing? Definitely. We've always tried to keep an extremely diverse seed catalog for that very reason. You know, you can tell just by speaking to any customer that everyone has their own preference. And I mean, I personally have never been able to pick a favorite strain. That's something I get asked <laughs> quite often, but I really enjoy trying different terpene profiles. And I think that, you know, as like a kind of a cannabis connoisseur, that is really like what you're looking for. There's no, you know, THC connoisseurs. It's really, it's about the terps. <laughs> and so to have such like a diverse, you know, catalog full of like all of these amazing terpene profiles and you know i think we do a pretty good job of pretty aptly naming the strains as well like the blueberries are gonna smell like blueberries and the pineapple is gonna have like the heavy pineapple terps and you know and i could go on and on about it the schnozberries smell like (laughs) schnozberries around here basically yeah that's you know something that we always look out for even if something doesn't necessarily like hit me as my all-time favorite ever that doesn't mean that you know it's not going to be something that appeals to a huge group of people and so you know we kind of have to we kind of have to explore just about everything and that's why we have such a vast like rating sheet where we really factor in so many different things I mean that that ultimately makes sense it's hard you know just being a grower like people ask me to like what's your favorite strain you grow and like they all hold a special place <laughs> yeah. in my heart for me. I'm well, like, and there's, you know, there's different reasons why you love every single one, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, that one's my high yielding baby right there. <laughs> <laughs> that one knocks me out within 10 minutes. And, you oh, know, yeah. that one, that one just has the highest trichome content I've ever seen. She's gorgeous. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's almost impossible to, you know, decide sometimes, especially if you're looking at 10,000 plants. It's like, you know, ideally we wouldn't even have to do our whole rating sheet in that process. But, you know, it's like you want to say you love every single one as you're going through it. It's like, you know, how do you choose the best plant out there? And so you really have to like sit there and be like, okay, well, we have a good trichome content, you know, we have beautiful coloration in the buds. Okay. How about bud density? Okay. Not so dense. That's, you know, you're going to give that one a five for density. How about vigor? And then you check out how vigorous it is. And then you have to go into like mold resistance. Is it molding? And you know, you rate that one. Oh, we have like tiny bit of mold. Let's give it a seven. And then, you know, say, you know, it has PM too. And you're like, okay, we got to note that somewhere as well. And you know, it's like every single little minute detail is like really what adds up to getting that like you know one out of ten thousand that's the winner <laughs> it is funny for how me. old are you i'm 21 amazing it is astonishing the information the... you have at 21 years old <laughs> yeah i'm i mean i feel pretty 
damn fortunate to have been thrown into the industry in the sort of way I was. It wasn't like I was thrown in kicking or screaming or anything. I definitely was doing my own bit of begging to get in there. But, uh, you know, not everyone has that door open for them. And so I've always felt extremely grateful. I mean, especially to, you know, be kind of aging with the industry, right, as it all becomes legal. Like, Mm -hmm. You know, you see so many people that are like running this direction, whether or not they're investors or they're just looking for a job in cannabis because they're so passionate about it. And like, you know, I'm all for that. Like the industry should be open to all these new people. But then again, you know, I realize like how fortunate I really am to be able to have 10 years of background and experience and knowledge about cultivation as well as distribution and as well as like selections and pheno hunting and breeding that you know like you can't learn that stuff overnight and you can't learn it out of a book either it's all so hands-on i'm about to be 34 and it took me to 34 to have 10 years of (laughs) knowledge and working at it yeah but i mean you're still ahead of the game considering you know a lot of the people coming into the industry nowadays and you know even for them they're still ahead of people who are going to continue to come in for the next 20 years as it blows up more and more. But, you know, it's like the people like you and I who actually have that like cultivation experience and, you know, have gone through those learning curves because you have to fuck up to, you know, really (laughs) figure out what's going on. And, you know, at this point in time, there's, you know, not too much room for fucking up in the industry. (laughs) That is my favorite to be like, yeah, I know what CO2 poisoning looks like in plants. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, you have, you know, you got to see the bad to know the good. And that's, you know, that's also what makes us, you know, have the ability to pheno hunt and find epic stuff. It's because it's like, you know, we know what really bad looks like, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> but I'm happy to listen. It's, it's amazing. Like you said... So, you were raised on the farm, though, correct? Yes, I was. I, you know, I didn't start really spending too much time in town until I was like more, more getting into high school, and then, you know, even then, I kind of like rebelled. I went to I think a year and a half at my high school, and uh, or a year and maybe like less than a quarter actually, because, you know, like my dad. Back when he still had enough energy to, like, be the business tycoon that he is and have some fun, uh, you know, he took a little Burning Man break, and my mom was up working somewhere else, and I, like, I was, like, going to school and getting a ride with my boyfriend at the time, and he was like, I think I'm going to go on independent study. And I was like, wow, that sounds great. And I, you know, I went and checked it out and they were like, yeah, well, you know, we'll pay for you to start taking CR classes, which is our local community college, and you'll be getting double credits. And I was like... That sounds like a no-brainer. Like, why would I sit in, <laughs> yeah. you know, extra math classes? Like, okay, I'm sold. And so I honestly, I, like, enrolled myself without really even telling my parents <laughs> at the time. I knew that they were going to be, like... Which is very independent. You know? It, yeah. And it, but it's, like, it is an initiative-based thing. And they were, like, I don't know. Like, we just let you start smoking pot, and now you want to go on independent study? We don't know about that. But... The reality for me was it gave me the opportunity to graduate by the time I was like 16 and a half. Uh, And at that point, I had already started taking CR classes as well. And so, you know, I could take my CR classes two days a week and let me, you know, transition back to being on the farm, which is where I really wanted to be like the whole time because... You know, like ever since I was a little kid, my dad was like, you have the coolest dad. And 
Like eventually, <laughs> eventually most kids grow up and they're like, okay, maybe he's not the coolest, but I don't think I've ever gotten over that. I'm still like, this is the coolest thing. Like, I can't believe we're doing this. I no, can't believe we're cool still day. doing this. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, right. I you genuinely do think right. that I, you know, have the coolest dad. So I guess it's, uh, you know, it's not like he had to force me to stick around. <laughs> Has it been weird to maybe have people who are jealous of your childhood and just being like, man, I wish I could have had that? Yeah, you know, it is It is funny sometimes like, <laughs> to see people. Yeah, hold on. Let's you know. stop. Let's just examine <laughs> what, Mike, what Mike meant by that question. I tried to figure out. Shut how. up. Shut up. <laughs> what Mike meant by that question is, I'm jealous. Is it, is it weird that I'm jealous? That is... What he there's nothing else. There's not many people that'll be super jealous of your chest. Like, and you understand that most people are like that. That sounds scary. Yeah. But what Mike meant by that question is, I'm jealous of how you grew up. Yeah. Well. Instead of a question, he just said a said a sentence. It was like three different ways I tried to be like, all right, don't be a weird dude and be like, I was jealous of your child. Yes. And that's okay. You can say that to another person. No, I mean, it's honestly, it's like kind of, there's a refreshing contrast to that because, you know, as I, as I expressed earlier, I'm quite aware that everyone has very different opinions. Sometimes, you know, polar opposite opinions, you could say, but, you know, you could like ask, you know, some of my more conservative family members, if they are jealous of my childhood mm. and they would say, you know, absolutely what, freaking not. For hail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, then again, there's like this whole other set of people who is like, wow, that's incredible. And, you know, I, I personally feel like in, you know, this day and age, there's a lot of uniformity in our society and that works for some people. But, you know, for me, I, I like having a different skill set and I'm pretty proud to have come from something so unique. And, you know, I think I think likely there's like a lot of people who really strive for uniformity. But, you know, that's not us. We like diverse strains. <laughs> we like uniformity within one seed line. But, yep, you know, yep. once once you're expanding out of that, then like. You know, we like to try different stuff and I like to, you know, do different stuff. So being able to be in such like a versatile position and such an amazing business is honestly incredible. Well, and that's like one of the fun things for me to think about is this is a brand new industry. And like whenever new industry does start, people try and find uniformity in it. But like everybody in cannabis is like, no, let's throw in as many varieties <laughs> as possible and just make our job ultimately way harder because at least in the Oregon market it is not set up for pheno hunting it is not set up for new genetics or any of that like it for the people who are actually doing that it will hit your overhead it will mess up some of your margins so like the fact that people are still about it you know makes me happy because I love genetics and genetic diversity so you know the fact that I think all of us really want that is something cool about our industry yeah i mean i i agree completely i think you know we we definitely are headed in a direction for like larger scale agricultural production but at the same time it's like asking you know somebody what food they want to eat every day for the rest of their life like nobody wants to just go for one freaking little eighth of the budweiser strain of cannabis <laughs> and smoke that forever and so, like, it's going to continue to expand. There's yeah, going to be continued. doesn't just have Coca-Cola. 
That is yeah, a solid exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, there's going to be continued demand for new and more advanced strains. And I, you know, I continue to see like amazing cultivars come out, not just from us, of course. There's so many breeders that are doing amazing work out there. And it's like really inspiring just to see how far people are, you know, really like taking it with the plant. And when it comes down to breeding, like you can, you can get the most advanced scientific setup possible and you know a super techie crew in there and all the fancy equipment that you could ever imagine and if you don't have experience with breeding or like know what you're doing or know what you're looking for it's you know it's not going to have the same result and Mm -hmm. so like seeing all of these really truly experienced breeders out here making their mark on the industry and the world it's you know it's mind-blowing almost uh everybody in Humboldt has the same ring (laughs) (laughs) it is funny too to think of like especially cannabis growers like we get so excited about what other people are growing and we want to try what other people are you know doing out there so to even hear you say that you're excited by other breeders and seeing what they're doing like you know to me that kind of shows how much we are all focused just on the work that we're doing and when other people do something cool we're like that's dope let's check it out yeah i mean you know there's there's room for everyone in this industry and you know i truly do enjoy seeing other people's work as well you know i have to say like a lot of the time i come across a strain that i personally feel like is really all hype and uh, that happens a lot more lately but there's some genuinely amazingly talented breeders out there doing amazing shit and you know I would like to consider us one of those for sure but uh yeah it's like you know it's one of those things where if you really know what you're doing and you're producing amazing strains you don't have to hype it up all that much it's Mm -hmm. like we've never put an ad campaign out for blueberry muffin we've never really put an ad (laughs) campaign out at all unless it's like a local magazine that comes to us and is like hey do you guys want to do this and we're like uh yeah Nat can remember to type up a ad and send you a picture. Sure, we'll do it. <laughs> but you know, it's like we're not we're not sitting there trying to like get that hype name around the strains. We want the genetics to always speak for themselves and to see how much they've taken off with us putting in. You know, it's like you know the place where we spend the least amount of energy because we're such a small crew and it's really a full time job just to do the breeding and to you know make sure the production crew is on task. That like. We just, you know, send them out and hope that people get them and give us good reviews. And it's honestly, it's been amazing to, you know, see the way that takes off. It's like, you know, someone gets their hand on it and it's all word of mouth from there on out. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, next thing you know, we go online and we're like, oh, there's that strain in Leafly. And like, <laughs> hey, there's, like, there's this article about, you know, that other new cultivar that we just released. Like, this is crazy. What is going on? And. So, you know, I think I think when you're really like taking your time to produce quality genetics they're you know, they're going to get out there because that's what people want. Yeah. You guys aren't standing on the corner, like flipping a sign, being like, come on into Humboldt. (laughs) No, that would that would be a nightmare. Actually, we like (laughs) accidentally once put our it was a you know, our website designer had some miscommunication and it was our first time ever hiring a web designer this year before it was mostly like Nat and a friend and they'd put it together like at the dinner table when we had some extra time. But, uh, you know, she put 
our address on there at one point and it was like kind of hard to find it was like via like contact sheets and you had to click on like three different things but for some reason within like that one two months we had like five people showing up a day knocking on our doors (laughs) like being like hi can i buy seeds and we're like no like we're so sorry we legally can't do that this is our (laughs) distro office like i don't know how did you even get our address and they're like i don't i thought i found it online somewhere i'm really confused and we're like well, good things to Tori's up the street, but like, <laughs> we can't help you, and I'm really sorry. They're like, are you sure you can just drop one somewhere? <laughs> like, uh. What if I turned around and then turned back around? <laughs> yeah. And there were seeds. Yeah, we're like, oh my God, we really, really wish. But, you know, that's, they finally just like, you think it was, you know, a few months ago now, but they made it so that you can actually do like gifts in metric. But, mm-hmm. you know, for a minute there, there was like no such thing as even doing freebies. And so we're like, you know, it puts you in a little bit of a pickle and you're like, all right, like, you know, we like to send some, you know, free packs to bud tenders and like hook yes. people up when they're doing their job in a great way and getting our product out there. But, you know, with the new system and the metric and everything, it's like they really were making that hard on us for a while. It reduced our ability to have any personal relations with our customers and that that always sucks. That does suck. It's insane to me because like up in Oregon especially, like we're only allotted a certain amount of grams to give to our employees a month. And it's like, we grow so many different strains. We grow so many different things. And like working at a weed place, the coolest part about it is getting weed. Yeah, and like exactly. it destroys us that we can't do that. Yeah, you're like, all right, you guys get the one cool half too, of but... a bud of each strain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get one bowl of each one. Yeah, and that would honestly that would honestly drive me kind of crazy. At least, you know, when we're up at the farm, we we let like our head cultivator at least he gets to still put in his like six plants, just not, you know, <laughs> just not attached to anything mm-hmm. else so they're out of the way, but and you know, at least he doesn't have to just say goodbye to all of the head stash for the year <laughs> else, you know. I think we might have a mutiny or something. <laughs> yeah, that would be maddening not to be able to like as a <laughs> yeah. head just to be like well i just want this is for me watching it all season <laughs> and just about drooling on them and oh. then having to kiss them all goodbye <laughs> i know and you know one of the things lately is like you know it is what it is and i am super glad that some of the smaller mom and pop farms like have found their way to you know stay relevant and to maintain themselves in the industry but a lot of the time there's like a lapse in brand recognition because Mm -hmm. secondhand distributors will repackage product that they buy in bulk from farms. And, you know, I've spoken to many farmers who are like, you know, reaching out to that distributor, whoever it is. And it's not, you know, it's not necessarily their fault. Like it's so hard to keep track of everything, but they'll be like, do you know what my stuff ended up getting called or where it could have went or like which dispensary got it or like even what size jar it's in. I just want to go try some or buy a jar from the shelf of my own product. That'd be super cool. (laughs) And like, you know, they're like, honestly, we don't really know. (laughs) So they're like, you know, they're really just letting their product walk out the door and they don't even get to like have any of that like firsthand acknowledgement from customers, which is one thing, you know, that's been a major bummer for us. At least we, we do have like our email outlet and we're very responsive on that. Like it's, you know, our customer service woman, Hannah does an amazing job and we, we really like to stay in touch with people that way. But 
you know, for a lot of the farmers and for us as well, it's like reducing that, you know, one-on-one connection that you have with the consumer. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, that's what keeps us educated as well. It's, you know, you got to like, I have to go check reviews all the time just to see what's on people's minds. And, you know, the farmers aren't really getting that opportunity anymore. Yeah, it's a weird disconnect from <laughs> the end user, which is weird to me. Yeah, it has been weird for me as well because I, you know, I grew up where cannabis was like such a community oriented thing Mm -hmm. it was like you know you bring your dish to the potluck and you bring your most recent sack as well and (laughs) like that's how it went and uh you know now it's definitely definitely a little bit separated but you know we're still just really glad that we have the opportunity to be getting the product out there and you know all we've ever really wanted to do is cultivate for the people (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's weird to me, too. Like, I don't know much about breeding, but my few friends who have done breeding projects, when I see how much seeds one bud produces, and then it's just like, okay, now you have to track every single one through the entire metrics. Don't let that one fall on the ground, how seeds naturally have done it for thousands of years. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure you track every little thing. Was that weird coming into the market and having to adopt that mentality? Absolutely. I would say I, you know, I put up a little bit of like a mental block and resistance to all of that at first. (laughs) I was like, this is absolutely insane. Like we, you know, we have so many seeds that we deal with annually and like the whole harvest process and, you know, even for us to get seeds back and forth from our nursery to our distro is a whole additional transfer, you know? Like, when we have to go plant out there, I'm like, all right, well, now I have to transfer, like, what what 50 strains do we need to plant this week? Okay, we'll transfer all those back up to the farm. And, you know, it's a lot of back and forth. Uh, you know, thankfully, like, they do let us do it by weight for the seeds nice. until we break them down into a package. So yeah. if we're sending out a 10 pack, it has to be as each, but you know, if they're in a big bag like that, then we can break it down as weight, but it's hard. Cause then you have to, you know, create a package of seeds out of your package of, you know, harvested material. And then also create a package of what we call chaff, which is like our run back duff left from, you know, what is in a seed of course. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's definitely more challenging. I've I've never had to put, you know, that much consideration into what every single plant weighs or <laughs> anything like that. But, you know, then again, it's it's understandable that, you know, there has to be at least some sort of regulation on, you know, how we operate. I think the amount of tags that get thrown away every year is pretty it's disappointing. Insane but to me. It, yeah, I would I would hope that soon there's, you know, you some alternative tags? to that. Yeah, you know, tons and tons of plastic tags. I mean, we have, I you know, I don't want to say how many, but we have a ton of plants on our property. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be probably an entire giant trash bin full of tags once we're done with them. And they want us to save them for a couple months. But then after that, I think we just throw them away. Oh, you and can't recycle them? I don't think they're recyclable even no, as far not, as I know. They're just, you know, little right. chunks of plastic. It's like it's like a this thing right here, but like a more durable outdoor version. I think you probably just, saw some of them yeah. hanging on the Just in case there. it gets wet or oh, anything like mm-hmm. that. They got to make it so that, you know, nothing Good. will destroy it. Good. I, and I was saying this before, didn't realize when we were at the farm the other day until we left, like, some seed, like, I got 
the Jack Herrera that I grew came mm-hmm. from you guys. Like, I saw the packaging, and I was like, oh, that's... <laughs> and, like, I can't wait to call my buddy that I grew with and be like, I went to our baby's home. <laughs> and yeah, it's so great. beautiful. It's Their home is so beautiful. <laughs> well, we love that. We love that, honestly. It's, you know, it's something that happens a lot when we have, like, all these strains and sometimes you know they're classic lines like we're not the first person to call something jack herrera but you know what my dad does is he'll find a cultivar that he really likes like that and you know we breed it and we back cross it a bunch and humble and you know it definitely like after pheno hunting and selecting on something for that amount of time it like definitely evolves genetically um, and then it's kind of like it's a you know the classic Jack Herrera with that Humboldt twist and you know it ends up with like a little bit of extra vigor and I loved it and everybody was like you're so good at growing I was like I don't <laughs> think I did this <laughs> I remember this was so clear what I remember that it was different what I had gotten a hold of was when it was starting it was just it was parallel all the leaves and it, it just it was geometrically perfect if you looked above it and i was like what is this like i it still gives me a little bit of chills like that moment where i was like oh this is different than what i've fucked around with before mm-hmm. yeah seed plants definitely carry a different structure than clones and it's beautiful you know it's it's like it's you know made how nature intended them obviously because the way they branch out it, like really utilizes all the space around the stem you know they like perfectly distribute their limbs just so that they can get the max amount of sunlight in and you know i probably can account to that for some of the additional vigor you see in seed plants to be honest because you know when they're really stretching out and sucking up all that sunlight like they're gonna they're gonna shoot up (laughs) (laughs) and i just kind of want to paint a little picture the property is beautiful little hoop houses you know doing all these plants but I got to go down to the house for a second, and it's this quaint, beautiful, like, I guess you would call it, like, almost a cottage type of thing in the woods. Um, it reminded me of the place that I first stayed at when I moved to Oregon. It even had the same yellow paint in there. <laughs> <laughs> but how, in your youth, how much time would you spend out there? Were you living out there mostly and then coming to town, or...? Yeah, I was, I was, you know, as I was saying to you guys earlier, I was always kind of a little back and forth, but mm-hmm. most of it is pretty seasonal work. And so, you know, in the middle of the winter and when we're first launching our new seed lines, we spend a lot more time in town at the office, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, as soon as it's planting season and from there all throughout harvest, we really spend as much time there as possible, like up to, you know, four or five days a week in, in the middle of harvest, most likely more. Um, so, you know, it's basically been like that for me my whole life. I would say probably spend at least half of my year out there, if not more. And, you know, we hope to continue that as long as, as long as it's sustainable. Uh, I, I know my dad's already getting pretty exhausted, but what can you expect for a guy who only sleeps five hours a night? <laughs> so, you know, hopefully I'll be able to keep up with him and keep it going for the next little while. And maybe <laughs> one day he'll take a break. Who knows? But he he seems to love it the same way you like. That's yeah. also it's his knowledge and wisdom, but his enthusiasm was passed down to you, which is very clear and kind of beautiful. It's mm-hmm. like, and I'm sure there's part of him that is like so thankful 
that you dig it the way he does. <laughs> as, I mean, I, I can just say that as a parent. There's certain things you're like, oh, cool, we can share this thing. I don't know. It's just been... I'm just speaking as a parent, so and you're 21, so you're probably like, <laughs> I don't give a shit about this at all. But yeah, I think there's, it's, it's, it's cool that you also recognize what you wanted to do so early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was always kind of, I was always kind of drawn to continuing the family path. You know, it's, it's not like a, not like i didn't question occasionally whether or not i truly had the coolest dad ever but it was like i wanted to to try it out and you know live like him a little bit and check it out and see and i i liked it you know it was like even before he would let me work in the fields when i was like you know 12 he started teaching me how to do our like raft guiding business and how to do the salmon surveys and that was like my first official job was you know that that same survey thing that really like you know the fisheries genomics actually is something that he's been able to apply consistently to the breeding and that was like a lot of what gave him the background on being able to really like figure out what was going to happen when making certain crosses and so I think you know it's been it's been really interesting to kind of follow that path and to see things from the way that he did but at the same time like you know, he only had me when he was 20 himself, and so I was we gonna, kind of... I was going to ask, because he seems so young, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, we kind of grew up, you know, almost close enough in age to be able to interact, like, you know, a little bit on, like, the friend's end of things, and so, you know, he would drag me around, and whatever he was doing, I wanted to do, too, whether he was, you know, changing a damn tire or... You know, blowing <laughs> pollen all around our cannabis plants. Yeah. I was like, I'm in. Let's do it. I'll what do we like do? That. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and so, you know, it was it was honestly a great way to grow up. I feel like, you know, not only have I learned a lot about the cannabis industry, but I've learned a lot about life. <laughs> and, you know, majority of experience, I've at least found I'm, you know, a visual learner or a hands-on learner. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really get that from a classroom. And so to be able to like be gaining this experience and, you know, to be out here tackling fucking life and all the amazing stuff it throws at you, it like, it feels really good. And to be doing that with family as well, there's not really much better. It's the whole point of it seems to be from what I've gathered in my 39 plus years, not plus, just 39 <laughs> Yeah, 39 and change. I think that's too. That's when, when we pulled up to y'all's place. And it was just like, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a, like a pot farm. <laughs> and I used that word on purpose, pot farm. It felt like, it felt like a farm I grew up around. Like as soon as I pulled up, I was like, oh, this reminds me of like, there's like two uncles I thought of or like, they lived on the side of this hill kind of. And they were raising cattle on a mountain, which is a kind of an asshole thing to do. But that's all the land. That's all the they could have, you know, like that kind of stuff. So like that vibe immediately, I was like, oh, I get what's happening here. This yeah. is this isn't sure that it's this plant. Sure. But that's not what this is. It could be yeah. something totally different. 
but it's still the same vibe. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we don't we don't dress go cannabis up there. Me and my dad's like first ever crop, I think, was a giant field of garlic, and then nice. you know, yeah. we moved on from there. Well, you gotta get the vampires but, uh, out first. You gotta clear <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you Gotta, gotta cleanse the area. You know, we we cultivate garlic every year. He has bred his own squash a few times now. Uh, cool. You know, we accidentally bred a line of <laughs> cucumber. I don't know what this is, but this squash is getting me fucked up. <laughs> Maybe one day, yeah. No, I don't think we need to go there. I don't think we need to make squash that gets you stoned. It's already good yeah. enough for you. It, it's good for you already. That's so funny. So for me, like, I grew up outside of the city, but I had never eaten anything off of a plant until I came out here. But just even in that short time, what? I've n- never. What do you mean you never eaten? Like I never. You never picked, accidentally ate lettuce. I never <laughs> picked something off of a plant oh, directly. Directly off, off okay, of a plant. The way you said that was like <laughs> I have never eaten anything off a plant. I've never eaten a vegetable. It's just like that's, that's why my cholesterol is so that when high. You had a heart attack at thirteen. <laughs> But for me, though, it's amazing how quickly I now relate the world to growing, growing plants, growing anything. I'm like, oh, well, this issue in life is just like when you grow a plant this way or something like that. How much of the world around you do relate to genetics, to breeding, to all that stuff, if any? I mean, realistically, it can all be you know related to breeding it's like it all comes down to kind of the theory of evolution right Mm -hmm. and you know i when i was young i actually had the opportunity to go check out the galapagos islands where darwin kind of discovered that theory initially and it's always been something that's been applicable to you know any kind of life you have to evolve and you have to you know grow and be the best form of yourself to be able to be that winner and to be that number one and i could say that for cannabis i could say that you know, for peas, you could say that for just about any vegetable as well as, you know, animals and humans. So it's something that we kind of all live by. And, um, you know, it's like nowadays, I think that that's like a little bit less relevant for the human species because we've (laughs) kind of found our ways to, you know, contradict the reality of evolution. But maybe we just have our own way of evolving now. And instead of strength, uh, you know, we we have paper dollars. <laughs> that's the new strength. But it is what it is. And, like, that's, you know, that's something that really did, goes into all kinds of life. Cannabis has always been something I've considered to have a really symbiotic relationship with, you know, the world around it if you cultivate it correctly. Um, you know, there's definitely some people who cultivate with a little bit more of, you know, intentions of profit or greed. And, you know, that can have its negative effects and, you know, be harmful towards the environment in a lot of ways. But the majority of the people who are truly invested in the plant, not just what the plant can do for them, uh, you know, that's, you know, a symbiotic relationship right there. We try our best to work with the earth around us and, you know, to work with our community and to work with the surrounding plants. And that's just kind of how it has been for a lot of our farmers that, you know, are in the area. It's a way of life. And, Cannabis is definitely, like, good at teaching that. Great answer. Yeah, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that was one of the things we were talking about after our first conversation. He's so articulate. 
just um, it's a good episode. And you guys, did you hear Mike? Did you hear Mike oh, ask the man. question? Hey, um, hey, was it hard with people being jealous? Like, <laughs> you guys, I'm sorry. I just started laughing like that. I laugh where I don't make noise. Um, because <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to make everybody, I'm trying to set, set the tone here because. Mike was to my left. We're sitting at this table. It's a big table. So we were socially distanced and everyone had masks on. But Mike is to my left. Slee is all the way down, like right in front of me. I'm at the, he's at the other head. And then hey, Haley, Haley, I'm 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 always gonna as soon as I go to say it, I just panic and say the wrong one. <laughs> so and she's sitting to my right. I hear Mike say that, and in my head, I was like, Mike, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, but I'm, like, going to let it pass, because she's already trying to answer it. I'm like, She's being a sport. She's a lovely human being, so she's just like, oh, okay. Sweetest. She's like, that's a a ridiculous, and you guys, we'll be honest, she's very attractive, so I'm sure she she gets ridiculous questions from men sometimes, so she handled it just just like a professional it's probably not I so look- much about just being a cannabis nerd <laughs> exactly yes yes she, she handles life quite well so i look up because i was just like god damn it man and just in my head where i was like god and i look up and slee is like there's like a tear coming out of his <laughs> eye because he's like holding in the laughter and i was like okay so everyone heard it i'm gonna have to address it he was like convulsing a oh. little bit. He was like he was. <laughs> he was like it was because I was like it just it just confirmed it. That's why I came in so hard because I was like, oh damn it! It is. It was very clear what he did. <laughs> so I am gonna. But I get it. It's like when you, you you do you are jealous of the way she grew up. Like it's just palpable. You could like the farm she grew up on. Like, you could tell you, while we were there, you could tell, because Nat, her dad, and he had another uh, a little, like, a toddler on his back when we got there yeah. to the farm. And the whole time I was like, man, Mike just wants to throw that toddler out and get in the back and just be <laughs> Nat's little... Just take me around the floor. Just please, just I want I wanna be well, you know, not to be too much of a dork, but you know, it's just beautiful. It's too late. Too late. <sighs> well you then I'm ripping the heart in. out. I'm just gonna throw it all dig out in. there. We love you for it. It's we just it. it's just so beautiful to see the whole family vibe of it. To see that it's a generational farm that, you know, he's going to hand down to her. He's already training her. And like the cannabis version of succession type of thing. And like mm-hmm. the fact that when I came out here and wanted to do this, I got threatened that I would be disowned and all that type of stuff. Like it's really cool to see that, you know, it can be like a family thing that, you know, you can get into this with your family and love it and everybody works together and does that type of thing. Mike, we're going to find your. Your barefoot garden soulmate, <laughs> and, y- and y'all can live on it. We'll find you a mountain, and you can live on your mountain, and you can grow your children, and you can create your. And I'm, I want to be a part of it. 
my, my Sasquatch kids that are. <laughs> yes. We grow. I'll go and. Yes. And I will bring them. I'll bring them Nikes. <laughs> and we'll just like give that. you like pounds of weed out of like a duffel bag. So. Yes. It'll work. No, I. Yeah, that went without. And I'll bring you some that I've been growing. It won't be that big. It'll just be like, hey, look. It's, <laughs> Just take it. I, I need you to take it, okay? I don't need you to smoke it. Just take it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use it as compost. <laughs> Just, <laughs> thank you. Well, and even that's the cool thing, too, is like you can tell Wait, how What do you much do? I grow Mike weed so his flowers are pretty. <laughs> you can tell with her, though, is it is like a community type of vibe, you know? Like she just talks about the community like she's born of the community like you know it's her dad but then she's also bullshit it's not it's she's one of the more authentic people you know who it's just she's from the like it's everybody else has kind of migrated here to do this but she's like from here she's from this industry she's a child of this industry and and I think it's a testament to just Nat's super intelligent man who's passed on that intelligence to his daughter, too, because they're looking to the future constantly, which I think is, if we're being honest, every of everyone we've met, the most successful people are constantly looking towards the future. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of the, of the people we've talked to, the most successful, they're, they're constantly... Well, this is happening, and this is happening, and this is happening. So it's also like that's why I, you feel overwhelmed sometimes if you're not on the cutting edge because you're like, well, I just, do you guys, what kind of light should I get? <laughs> what well, is the resilience type of thing? It's the like, I don't choose the world to be like this, but this is happening. I'm just going to figure it out. Like, that is something intrinsically I've seen in farmers especially because not only do they have the government but they also have the weather nature all those types of stuff like you can't just be like hey wildfires this isn't fair you're not supposed to do this it's just like all right well we gotta figure something out and Mm -hmm. it's not my most favorite thing to deal with but you know i got it whatever it is yeah it's a beautiful way to live and also like yeah it's it's a real ass way to live, and I think it's I'm trying to find some kind of balance in between the nonsense I live in and then the peacefulness <laughs> out there. But God, what a great episode! Like she's the coolest. Um, well, f- I mean, we'll probably this is the first of many episodes with her because I, I just want to check in with her like once a year and be like, what are you up to now? <laughs> As the company builds and gets bigger and bigger, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll be she's doing just, that. She's an exciting person to watch. So is Nat. This is Humboldt Sea Company. Hey, guys, thank you so much for welcoming us to your place, both places. Um, we'll hang out with you guys soon. Oh, and I will, I've got their, uh, I've got their, uh, their seeds, man. Are you going to start growing them? Yeah. We're going to, I'll show you how, we're going to show me how on the Patreon, second tier. It's second videos coming. I'm editing it right now. Oh, it's good, you guys. Because I ask him some real-ass questions. Speaking of real-ass questions, what are you growing? Ooh. Does that Gatorade 
Because, look, I got a Allegiant flight email. <laughs> it was like $25 the other day, and I was like, oh, man. Uh, I mean, it's worth I it. I explained to my wife, like, hey, I'm just I'm going to go on a jog all day, and I'll be back <laughs> later tonight. I mean, it's honestly worth it. I would say it. Um, we got so much coming down the pipeline right now. Literally just today, we harvested uh, the Tropicana Punch, which is a crowd favorite. That's one of those yeah. designer strains. Um, so we got that coming it smells, down. Uh, if you like the fruity, it's... It's crazy. Um, yeah. And then we also have the Sherb 9.5, which is just... It's the Sherb, which everybody knows about, crossed back with the I-95, which is called that because it's a collection of old, badass strains that people used to grow all up and down the I-95 corridor on the East Coast. So really? It's, yeah, it's like old school strains smushed together and then crossed with that Sherb, so it's nice. But, you know, that stuff's going to be ready next level herbal center i'm sure they're going to be all about that along with sweet tree and all of our favorites so come on up get the allegiant flight well as soon as i can do a show and not put anyone in danger <laughs> the you i think i'm just gonna go to eugene first just stop over well we're looking well, i'll just come up there and do a show as soon as we can that'll be the first place i come do show well, I know that we were looking at the glass at Next Level Wellness. Those weird twisty ones, you remember? Those bongs, oh, yeah. the zigzag. So, yeah, we'll come up, see if we can borrow one of those for like a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we just, can we just this quality control? We're the OCC. We're the OCC. Quality control. Um. Is and there's no that none of that white label stuff yet. No, not I'd, yet. I think that's how I'm gonna time it. For, for oh. whenever they do our next batch of. Yeah. I would yeah, recommend but the, it, but I mean, yeah, like because, I said, it's harvest season, so they're literally getting in all the best outdoor right now, and all the best light depth stuff to process and just do the tastiest nug runs. I mean. <laughs> Maybe I just send you. My, no, I'll just I'll just text what I was about to say. Because um, <laughs> we got to do Humboldt in a couple of three weeks. We got to do Southern Humboldt. Um, you guys, if you got any leads on Southern Humboldt growers or people that want to talk to us in the industry, like all Southern Humboldt people, give us a shout on grownlocalpod at gmail.com or our grown local Twitter or our grown local Instagram. Hit us up there or the Patreon. Become a Patreon member because uh, we're putting up some really cool content. You guys should check it out. It's worth your money. We're not going to rip you off. That's our goal. Even the third tier, which is a lot of money, you're still not going to get ripped off from. We're going to make it worth it. Trust me. It'll be, yeah, if you're down. Uh, so um, Even if me and Slee have to make an entire musical for your enjoyment. I don't think you, I don't want you guys to do that. And um, I think Slee should be involved. I don't know what your role in that musical should be. Uh, uh, Rapping? S singer. 
Okay. We shouldn't promise that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you guys are fucking the best. Thank you so much. This has been a long outro. I wonder if people... Hey, if you stuck in... If you stuck in, let us know. There, let us know. We'll there was a, a third shooter from the grassy knoll. <laughs> if you stuck in for this last one, thank you guys so much. Uh, grow your own. Love you.